Four Midwest Guys presents... At the end of the Clone Wars, after witnessing Order 66, the elite enhanced undefeated Clone Force Unit 99 was accused of treason by Admiral Tarkin, a crime for which they did not commit. Now hunted by the Empire, they survive as soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, and no one else can help, and you can find them, then maybe you can hire the Bad Batch. And welcome back to Ford Midwest Guys Presents. Well, actually, welcome to the brand new show, Ford Midwest Guys Presents The Bad Batch Report. I am your host, B. Willie, and with me is my daughter, Gabriella. Hi. Uh, hello, Gabby. How are you today? Tired. You're tired? Okay. Uh, Brian uh, still suffering the effects of the old shot in the arm there from COVID, so he won't be able to join us today on this premiere show but he hopefully will be with us on future episodes going forward so obviously this is the bad batch report we'll be covering all the bad batch episodes uh definitely from season one and hopefully there'll be a season two as well so um so what today we'll be covering will be a double dose as we got we had the premiere on may the 4th and uh, then uh, last friday they gave us episode two cut and run so we'll be doing episode one aftermath the special the premiere episode or pilot and then episode two cut and run as well all in one giant bad batch episode uh so we got a lot to do ready to get started gabby sure all right so uh, right off the bat uh we have that i love the clone wars feel to this um i loved how um the uh the logo the clone wars is logo shows up in red just like it did for the last few episodes of clone wars just like almost if we're picking right up out of the you're coming right out of season seven of the clone wars and then it burns through to the bad batch it's all about telling you that there's a transition but they're the bad batch logo but it's all about transition here uh, what did you think about the whole transition logo did you like how it burned through to the bad batch there gabby yeah um I was actually generally confused when it opened to the Clone Wars logo. I'm like, hold up. Wait a minute. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> this isn't Clone Wars. It's not supposed to be Clone Wars. Um, and then, you know, and then they just, they keep, they kept coming with, with they, gave, they gave us the Tom Kane vocal for the Clone Wars, you know, you know, Planet Colors, blah, blah, blah. You know, it was, um, which was really nice to hear because if you haven't heard Tom Kane, the voice that does the intro to all the Clone Wars, does the, you know that movie real voice um news real voice uh had a stroke um i'm under we understand he may be having trouble even talking because of it so just real really pulls on the hard strings to hear that one more time and uh we here for midwest guys obviously wish uh tom the the best and a speedy recovery uh obviously get well soon sir we would love to have you back uh and hear you hear that uh that voice one more time sir um but they, we get to the again it's 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 like a clone wars episode it opens up as one you see the the battle going on and suddenly they hit us with a surprise and you hear the stormtrooper go master Deba bill billa bendu <laughs> again that's master Deba bill billa bendu 
Um, which is, of course, if if anybody knows their history, immediately I went like that. I'm like, oh, cool. It's uh, that was Kanan's master uh, from the Rebels. For those of spoiler alert, for those of you who watch Rebels, there's a character Kanan who's a Jedi, and um, he survives Order sixty six, and his master was. Master Depa Billa Billa Babendu. I'm, I'm sure I'm 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 horrible with some of these these names, um, but again her 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 Padawan, who was a commander. You know all the all the all the Jedi were generals it seemed like, and then all their Padawans were commanders, and she you know they're like where's your commander at, and then he shows up. Who is it? But it is Padawan version of Kanan, whose original name was Caleb Doom. Uh, so uh, yeah, so he shows up. And uh, yeah, I, I loved all of this. Uh, I don't. Did you pick up on the fact that that was um, pretty Prince Junior's voice? That it was the same one that they were messing um, with his voice to try to. It kept going high and low, like he was, like his voice was cracking. Yeah, mm-hmm. I picked up on it after like about like a minute or so. Yeah. And I was like, hold up, wait a second. Yeah. Is that? Is that Canon? Yeah. Yeah. Slash Caleb, but. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. Um, you know, um, <laughs> I loved, I just loved the voice. I liked how he looked. Even, you know, it, it was just, it was a young, it was Caleb Doom. It was just a younger, or Kanan, a younger version. Um, it was, uh, they, they kept, uh, uh, they, I liked how they, uh, they messed, they bring, they bring in, all these things and like how he's bring he brings clone force 99 to him and they're like all oh, these like these guys are special <laughs> and we get of course we get this nice little fight scene with clone force 99 doing what they do best which is just tear through battle droids i love the tank scene did you like the tank scene here here gabby where they put the the tanks together and how he pushed oh, one off remember that yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that was that was pretty badass actually i thought that was kind of neat how, I forgot about that. Yeah, how Crosshair shot the... It's like he connected them, and then he pushed one, and all three went off. It was just, you know, kind of special force. Okay. Yeah, it was it was cool. You know, dominoes falling, right? So I just thought it was a neat neat way. And it was a cool... It was cool to see the, the you know, see what these guys are that remind you just how special these guys are. They each have their own special abilities that, you know, Wrecker is the strength. Hunter has, you know, these special abilities that he can track with or feel... You know, you know, especially uh, electromagnetic forces, so we can feel people, we can feel um, uh, robots and stuff that are nearby, uh, or battle droids. Even it's it's almost like having the force without having the force, um, <laughs> in a way. Uh, and then you have Tech, who's the you know he's the he's like he's the he's the the know-it-all, the guy who's always researching. And then you have uh, Echo, who's kind of be i think going to be a hacker as this goes forward we'll talk a little bit more about echo as we go forward because i have some issues with that so far but uh but anyway so i digress back to uh so let then obviously what happens is you know they they release clone force 99 to continue their battle forward kanan starts kanan caleb doom slash kanan goes Decides he's going to go with Clone Force 99 and and do some havoc with those guys. And as he's leaving, of course, we hear, you know, the transmission and it's execute, execute order 66. And um, and I just made the Emperor sound Aussie. Sorry. Um, but anyway, so execute order 66 comes through. They start shooting at his master. And sure enough, 
you know, the last words that he hears his master say is run, Cal, or run, Cal, run. And of course, if you go back to Rebels, spoiler alert, there's a, there's a line in there where a certain bad guy asks Kanan, what's the last word your master said to you? And he says under his breath, run. So they're, kept, they're keeping the continuity there. Um, Wait, who said that? Kanan did to the Inquisitor in oh, episode, yeah, yeah, when he's yeah. being tortured by the Inquisitor on the starship. Yes. Okay. Okay, he's being, and he's like, I wonder what your master's last words were to you. And he goes, run, under his breath. You know, he's like reliving the moment. And all, you know, she obviously gets killed, and you hear her scream, and she's being, you know, blasted to death. Um, and, you know, I, I know that some people had some issues. Apparently it says it differs from the canon, the last Padawan comic, Order 66 story. Which, I don't know, I never read it. I, I gotta be honest with you, I never got around to reading it, so I can't do a comparison, so I'm not really going to try, but I will say I like this version. Um, where, because now you've got... It, it opens up all kinds of questions, too. I mean, can you imagine what would have happened if Order 66 hadn't happened at that very moment? You could have had Kanan running around with Clone Force 99 the whole time, and he could have, you know... What if it happened a second later? Well, even if, yeah, like say a minute later and he's so far gone, maybe he feels his master being killed, obviously, but he wouldn't have seen it or heard her, right? Yeah. That might have changed something. Or would have known it was a clone. Right, right. And then you, you throw in the other, you know, we did finally get the question answered. A lot of people had going into the story was what would happen to Bad Batch, you know, the Bad Batch because of Order 66? We find out that most of them are immune, uh, that they're all immune because of their. Um, uh, mutations, right? And their special abilities, except for Crosshair. Spoiler alert, by the way. All this is spoiler alert, by the way. I couldn't get my spoiler alert thing to work, but this is all spoiler alert. Of course, you should know that by now. Um, but yeah, so so what if, you know, Kanan had gone off with the Bad Batch? Would the Bad Batch have protected him? Especially if, what if, and you throw that on, you throw another what if on top of that? What if Crosshair was, you know, was immune to Order 66. Turns out he wasn't, but if he was, you know, would he have protected Kanan and would they have started the rebellion right there? You know, there's all kinds of what-if questions or cool things that go running that ran through my mind as I'm watching all this play out because we see, you know, we see Hunter try to track him down and, and protect him and you've got, unfortunately, you got Crosshair who the Order 66 has kicked in just enough with him where he's, he's shooting at him. He's the one, Crosshair is the one, the reason why Kanan has all his fears and his angers towards the clones against Rex coming, you know, and all clones up until we get to Rebels and he resolves it with Captain Rex, spoiler alert, when we get to Rebels. All that all that happens we see comes from this point in time and happening right here in Bad Batch. It has far reaching implications. So um I just love this whole first sequence. I, I love the the opening with the Clone Wars. I love how it starts off as Clone Wars becomes Bad Batch, and yet they're also echoing forward to Rebels at the same time. That makes, to me, this makes, this shows you that Dave Filoni recognizes, and it's a love letter to Clone Wars fans as well as Rebels fans, because this series is a bridge anyway, at least it takes place in between Clone Wars and Rebels as Bad Batch. So he's, he's acknowledging all of that. We're seeing the transition, and now are we going to continue to see the transition? Will this series go all the way to Rebels? Yeah, I don't know. It may or may not. I don't know. There's about 10 years worth of material, or 10, 
10, 10 to 15 years to take place between the end of Clone Wars and Rebels. And Rebels. So, but still, he's acknowledging that and he's letting the fans know that and let them see that, that you know, that this is the, a connecting piece. So, uh, that's one of the reasons I really love this first episode, especially. Um, and we'll get more into that that later when we get into grades. Um, but uh, yeah, so so just a lot of cool stuff uh, there. Um, so we switch to returning to Camino, and right away changes are made. Um, right, they ask for and uh, you know imperial protocols for landing, a landing code. It's like they're all like, what? They don't know who we are. They forgot what's going on. It's like, why are they asking for this? They end up giving it to them anyway out of product. They have it, but it's like it's never been needed before. And when they land, instead of, you know, just seeing clones and Caminos out there, they actually see the um, the clone guards for the regiment that guards the, what was the Chancellor, now the Emperor, his guards, he's, they're the ones with the red on. And they're around, they're doing like, they're almost become like um, clone uh, military police. Like they're there to keep everything in order and to to uh, make sure that everything the Emperor wants done is done and done correctly there, right? And his order is through them, as it were. Um, so things have really changed already. And then if that doesn't do it, nothing else, then you see the Jedi, uh, the dead Jedi, which all you can make out is is she's it's a female Jedi. Um, from the coloring on her hands, pops obviously some sort of an alien, alien humanoid alien Jedi. Um, and you see her her lightsaber roll out. I've yet to see anybody um, come around and actually say who that uh, the female Jedi was. Did you have any ideas? Did you have any think of anything? No, because I did not pay attention to the hand. Okay, so I a lot of some people said Shakti, but Shakti actually dies protecting the Emperor or the soon to be Emperor at the time, the Chancellor. Um, so so it wasn't her. But it was definitely another Jedi of some kind. Um, not sure who yet. So if you got any ideas, let me know. Let's send it, put it in the comments, or send us an email for midwestguys at gmail.com, or drop us a line at midwestguys.com, or on the uh, voicemail line, which I'll give to you later. But let us know. I'd like to know if, if you guys have come up with an answer. I would like to, if anybody's figured that one out yet. Um, and then, uh, <coughs> so. Then you get, and then we switch to Tarkin. He arrives on Camino, and this is, he's now Admiral Tarkin. This isn't Captain Tarkin from the Clone Wars. He's now ascended to Admiral. Remember, he becomes Grand Moff at some point once we get to New Hope, right? So it's, but he's, this to me is a very overconfident Tarkin. This is a Tarkin who's found favor with the Emperor, who has rank with the Emperor. The Emperor's given him a high rank and has given him real power. And he's really, really using it, um, as far as I'm concerned. And it, it's the, it's, it's, this is the Tarkin, this isn't the Tarkin we saw in the Clone Wars, where he's throwing out little comments, but he's, he's keeping most to himself. This is the Tarkin, this is more the Tarkin we see in A New Hope, a very overconfident Tarkin. A very strong Tarkin, a very evil Tarkin. Uh, I'll be honest. Um, uh, you know, he's there to investigate the clones. He's there to evaluate the clones. He gets in an argument with uh, the Prime Minister of Camino. You know, and he's like, "Well, we're guaranteed clone contracts for so many more years." He's like, "Oh no, 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 sir. Your contract was with the Republic, not the Empire. The Republic no longer exists." I'm here to see if there's if your clones are all they said they are if they're they're, they're going to serve the empire or not. The conscripts could be used just as 
much half as half price just as cheaply and be just as effective you know and he that's what he's there to do he's he's firing back already and you can already see where he's going but you can see that this is the the cool calculated target successful so what's that apparently he's successful though, well yeah so. because eventually the clones go away at some point which we'll see i'm sure somewhere in the series but you can see, though, I love that, you know, it's this Tarkin. It's like, he's like, no, no, that, that, that was with the Republic. This, we're in the Empire. The Republic no longer exists, so therefore you have no contract. And I'm here to reevaluate to see whether this arrangement should even exist. And, you know, it's that same kind of tone from, you know, um, from A New Hope when, like, with Princess Leia and he's interrogating. He He's about to blow up Alderaan, and he looks at her and goes, "You have another target, a military target." <laughs> you know, that's, that's that's that that kind of maybe not that strong, but it's that same tone. Like he's, you know, he's he's it's that 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 evilness of, of Tarkin that uh, a lot of people have come to love over the years. Um, but you know, it's that it's definitely that uh, that thing. Um, uh, but yeah, so we'll see how, where that goes but i you know it's definitely the the tarkin that uh uh that uh, we remember right and then we switch from we go on to the emperor's assembly and uh it's the same audio you know it's a big giant hologram of of his big speech to the galactic senate to the, the which will eventually become the imperial senate in about two seconds when he goes you know for a safe this, this will become the first galactic empire for a safe and secure society um and that whole speech it's the same audio from the movie from from revenge of the sith and you even see his sith eyes in the in the hologram really cool kind of animation there nice throwback did you like the sith eyes gabby uh, well, at first I didn't notice them, but after watching it a couple of times, I was like, oh, oh dang, you can see the eyes, I don't like that. <laughs> see the evil, the evil that is Sidious. Um, and you see that, uh, and it seems like Order 66 is, it's, it wasn't just kill the Jedi, it seems like a lot of the clones are pre-programmed now to accept the Empire, and to accept its orders and to be you know be pro-empire because everybody's cheering and once he he makes his 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 announcement and even tech points out to him you know because this whole time he's starting to say well you know the clones are programmed right and back when they were on Kelsey started his whole argument and he turns to hunter and goes you sure they're not programmed you, you know he's just looking around because everybody's going nuts at the fall of the republic and the rise of the empire right there um so yeah it's it's uh there's a lot going on there um uh so we we move on to uh meeting we meet the new character in the series omega uh the one that's had a lot of conversation already online i know and a lot of um a lot of people making their own theories i have my own which i'll talk about here um but she appears to be um uh, seven to nine years old i would think uh, what do you think, Gabby? Seven to nine? I think... Or you think she's a little I think it would be nine to, um, to like, eleven. Oh, okay. So maybe she's a little older looking than I, I... I was thinking seven to nine, but you might yeah. be right. Uh, she is a female. She's female, possibly a clone at this point. Um, origin's not fully known. Tech is studying her this whole time, by the way, through most of this. this even he goes clone origins unknown which is a big key because tech is the he knows everything he's the guy he's constantly researching constantly doing things and through this whole 
whole episode, he's he's doing. You see him doing this with his. He's got a little like infrared looking device on the side of his 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 face, and he's constantly doing like, especially during the mess hall scene. He's looking at her. He's like he's like he's scanning her the whole time. He's trying. He's intrigued. He's trying to to get all the the detail out of her he can. So that tells that's a big thing to me that there's more going on than her just being a female clone, a female version clone of. Of, uh, of the clones, you know, so something else is going on, in my opinion. That's clue number one. Um, <clears throat> uh, and then there's her hair. So this this is what got the first time I saw her hair. I thought the first thing I thought was Palpatine. If you go back to episode one and you look at then Senator Palpatine, he has it's graying, but he has that he has like blonde hair and it's pushed back just like hers is. It's it's his is a little bit more curly, mind you, but it's the same same style that they got. That's what they did with Ian McDermott. They that was the his hairstyle, and I know that it's her little charm thing that she's wearing, the Kaminoan charm, but that's pushing her hair back. But still, it's that same style and that same look that makes you at least at least in my is it, it, either she has a little bit of Palpatine's DNA in her, or that's a red herring for us to follow. You know, try to throw us off track. Either way, it's something to keep in mind. Just my opinion. What do you think? Do you I think the think, hair is enough or not? I, I think that based on the way she is, just her being her, I think that she is a mixed clone of Django okay. and Palpatine. So... Django and Palpatine. Okay. Yeah. So you're, you're pretty much agreeing with me then. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. And I think that as the series progresses, I think that's why you see, if you look over here at our um, our graphic, you see the uppers at the top. And that's the official poster for the show. So to me, that means I think Palps is going to be behind the scenes trying to track her down for a reason. Um, but we'll see. That's just a theory right now. We'll see how it goes, hopefully. Um, let's move on to the, again, back to the mess hall fight. Um, one thing I noticed is is part of the whole imperialization change. A lot of the clones here are just black and white clones. There's no more blue, other than the MPs that are still wearing the red red on. There's no blue. There's no yellow. There's no green. There's no indication of um, leaders. Leaders. There's no indication of identification or individuality. It's all CT numbers, right? They're all numbers in the in the system. Um, so you can see that the another change of the Imperials already taken over. You know the way they're acting now; they're not as friendly. They're, you know, but it seems like maybe they've never been friendly to the Bad Batch. But still, that there is they're they're much more they're they're becoming the bad guys. <laughs> you, you're you're getting the like in the Clone Wars we were rooting for them because they were working with the Jedi, right? And they had these individualities and their own personalities, which the Jedi encouraged. Now with the Jedi gone and Order sixty six programming taking over, they're becoming stormtroopers. You know, they're, they're they're making that leap from from the guys that we've come to love to the to guys we're going to love to hate. Or you know, you know what I mean? They're going to become they're be, they're becoming the stormtrooper. Imperial mentality is definitely taken over in my my uh, my opinion. Um, uh, <clears throat> um, and then the clones are talking about Tarkin coming to. Uh, to evaluate him they don't name him but they know that this guy's coming to do an evaluation on all the clones um so there's definitely a lot of talk going on 
Um, and then Omega sits down with them. And this is where we find, find out the Bad Batch aren't really socially accepted by the clones. Maybe never have been. Because when she sits down with them, nope. Tech says you actually want to sit with us. Nobody's ever sat with us, you know. With the, you know, not at our table. We're, you know, in as badass as these guys are. Apparently, they're not that popular with their brothers. Maybe because they're always getting into fights. I don't know. Um, I even like how the one clone comes by and includes Omega into it. And oh look, they got a new recruit, a new recruit for the Sad Batch. Did you like that? Don't you like that little joke or no? Um. I thought that was a nice little. Something like uh, an 11th grader would, or a 5th uh, grader would say to another 5th grader, since you're a 5th grader, at the lunch table, a little jab. Little... I haven't been to the lunch table, Dad. I know, you've been on virtual this year, but, you know, was there ever pe name calling when you were at the lunch table? No, the lunch ladies wouldn't allow it. Yeah, uh, okay. We actually couldn't, like, we didn't choose our seats. We had to sit at select three tables for our class oh, okay and then, all right well know, so. well i'm glad to hear that i'm glad they your your school had a firm control on the situation oh i didn't because like they'd turn off the lights and they'd be like mm. shut up like, she you she expect like a, yeah. a full room of children to be quiet like mm. no cool chief papal team would be proud uh, <laughs> thank you <laughs> um you know uh, and then, you know, they start, the food fight starts between Echo, or Omega starts it, and then Hunter kind of puts in a, puts a stop to it, and then, of course, Wrecker, you know, puts it into full force, and <laughs> you hear Echo go, not again, um, which, of course, you know, Echo gets the, 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 because he, he happens to look up as he gets knocked to the floor, and he sees Tarkin up on the upper observation looking down at the mess hall just observing and of course he makes note of it because he knows who Tarkin is he remembers Tarkin from the Citadel and if for those of you who don't remember back in Clone Wars when Echo disappeared was during the Battle of the Citadel it was like a it was supposed to be a prison for fallen Jedi uh, and the Separatists had taken control of it and they had to free uh, Master Peel who was the other small Jedi in the order had a eye patch on if you remember a little little ponytail cool looking jedi actually if you ask me um and uh he was sir and, banana peel <laughs> master banana peel nice yes. nice gabby nice um but yeah it was so it was that whole episode and that's where echo he goes for the ship and they have blowing up the ship and they think it goes dead and of course we find out later he's not and you go back to the last uh, season seven of clone wars to figure out how he comes back but um but yeah so he recognizes Targan because he was on that mission and uh he fills he fills in the rest of clone force 99 he, he goes this guy has no love for clones um because he's bad mouthing clones even back then so he knows what's 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 coming it gives these guys gives everybody a heads up hey watch out for this guy um and then of course Tarkin decide they think they're getting reprimanded for their food fight and it turns out that Tarkin wants them to take a test uh, so they end up in the uh, live or the not live fire range it becomes that uh, the training room and they put out the uh, nice little battle you know simulated battle scene which they they easily uh, take out in fact I would say I don't know what you thought Gabby but I thought Crosshair alone just being up top you know not only does he take out the main guns but he's picking off the little rope you know the robots one by one with his training assault rifle you know I, I thought he could almost win the battle by himself it seemed like it was so easy um, um I don't um, nah. no no nah. 
Okay. Well, to me it was. And then, of course, they, Tarkin goes, well, let's get it to live fire. And, of course, these guys still have their training rifles. They don't have actual live rounds. But he decides to shoot it with live rounds. And what does he bring out? He brings out dark, like an early version of the Dark Trooper. And if you haven't watched, if you went back, if you've been watching Mando Season 2, the end of Mando Season 2, the, the black robots, the one that just beat the crap out of uh, the Mandalorian, out of Din Djarin and was punching his head into the, you know, like a rock'em sock'em robot. Luckily he had, you know, a helmet on, but uh, they brings these guys, like an early version of them out and they're shooting them with live fire rounds. Um, and uh, I just love that fact that it was, a, it was like an early dark trooper, but um, just continuity wise. I, I, that's what I love Dave Filoni for. Um, so uh, Clone Force 99, you know, they had some issues at first, but then Hunter takes the lead and says, let's show them how we improvise. And they end up uh, hacking into, uh, Tech ends up hacking into the back of one of the other troopers and actually uses one of the dark troopers against the other ones to start taking them out. And there's a really cool last scene where Wrecker throws his knife up and then Crosshair shoots, actually shoots the knife, which then takes right into the skull of the last dark trooper and falls. It was just another little you know, special force, a team, badass moment. Um, cause that's what I really think. That, that's why every time I see clone force 99, I think it's the 18 star Wars meets the 18, which, you know, notice by my opening. Um, anyway, so, uh, yeah, it was a pretty good scene overall. It, it just shows that, you know, they can adapt to it. You know, take them out of assembly, take away their, their weapons. Cause their assault rifles weren't working on the dark troopers at all. And they found, still found a way to, to win. You know, these, that's what these guys do and do best and uh that's something that tarkin still questions is he goes yeah those are uncommon tactics but uh are they loyal to the empire did they follow order 66 well if it sounds like the jedis died both died and it's all with the contrary crosshair apparently crosshair high filed a another a condescending report saying the padawan got away meaning kanan kanan aka kale doom so Tarkin decides to send them on another test. He sends them to Onderon of all places. And he says there's in there's a uh, a, a batch of separatist resistance group there. Clone Force 99 thinks it's battle droids or some some sort of battle droid contingents. They get there and they run into women and children and being led by Saul Guerrero. They're just refugees at this point. And they're running away from the Empire and hunter sees he, he he's shocked by it. he's like i don't you know he, again what's going on this this doesn't make any sense and basically saul you know he lets him go and he says you know because they he actually capture him or really they let them get self get captured once hunter sees it um he goes you know says the clone wars is over now but this, there's a galactic civil war about to start uh soon you know, with the Jedi, because the Jedi are out of place. Uh, they have, he has complete control of the clone troop army at the moment. It's only a matter of time before he takes over the entire galaxy with absolute control and power. Um, which, you know, it's basically, you know, he gives them the whole, whole I think it's something like, uh, the Clone Wars is over. He can either die in the past and live, adapt and live in the, or adapt and live in the future. That's basically Saul's line to him and Saul takes off. Um, and then later, of course, uh, Hunter feels and recognizes an Imperial probe droid has been following them the whole time. And Tarkin's been taking notes uh, the entire time. So, um, yeah. 
Uh, what do you think about uh, the whole Onderon trip, Gabby, and um, finding out that uh, you know Tarkin had set them up to take out real people? Well, um, you know, I I didn't think it was droids, but I didn't think it would be. Like, I thought it would be like rebel fighters or something. No, like sep like rogue separatists, like that. Oh, didn't like die with the separatists. Uh, okay, like a general or something, maybe some battle. Yeah, also, you haven't used any of the cameras. What's that? The cameras. Okay. You do know that, right? Wait, yeah, okay. You mean change the cameras? Yeah, yeah okay. I understand. Spice it up. All right, we'll spice it up. There you go. Hey. For camera two. Yay. Hi, guys. Um, it's that camera, right? Yeah, it's that, <laughs> yeah, it's that, it's that camera. Um, and I lost my place in my notes now, Gabby. That guy, um, see, see, love you screw me up. Yeah, love you too. Love you too. Oh, <laughs> uh, so anyway, we get to, uh, and then they switch over to, um, they start talking about Omega uh, before they leave the planet. And Tech reveals that he's been studying her DNA. So that all that studying, and reveals that she's a modified clone like them. Now, granted, he's not saying that she, that they're exactly like her or she's exactly like them she just says that he's modified that she's the the when the they talk when they're talking to tark and the kaminoans lamasu and the prime minister said there were five total or five that are all that are left these modified clones and then he went into the whole well they they're thinking it's echo but it, her tark is thinking it's echo but echo is not like that echo was cyberly enhanced you know, through what happened to him on uh, Sacco, or, uh, the minor planet. Sacco minor. Sacco minor, thank you. And what happened to him there. So he's not really a modified clone. He's a regular clone. He just didn't respond because of all the other crazy stuff that's happened to him. He's more machine now than man. Um, and uh, because of that, he, he's immune. And he, he went through the whole explanation. So Hunter, real hearing this, realizes, because she even warned him before he left, you know, don't leave me here, take me with you. And then he feels guilty because really she's one of them. So he feels even more um, more compelled to to go get her. So they go back to Capino just to rescue her. Um, of course, when they land, they're confronted by Tarkin, who told them that they committed treason for not, for not fulfilling their mission and not taking out the refugees. Um, you know, or the insurgents, which turned out to be refugees. Um, of course, Hunter's taken back by that. He goes, treason. You know, like, are you kidding me? Just for that, these guys were refugees. Why are, why, you know, why are you doing this? Um, and he sends them to the brig for now. And of course, conveniently, Omega's been been uh, arrested as well. So they're re reunited. Um, careful, Gabby, that really can cause a lot of audio problems. It can? Yes, it can. Oh. <clears throat> All right. So, um, so Tarkin, uh, Tarkin does take note, however, through the, you know, the, the, the probe droid and, and through all this that he notices that Crosshair and his report, I guess, he put two to two together and noticed that Crosshair out of all of them seems to, uh, have the has been loyal to the empire like he's he followed order 66 you know he's he's been constantly you know going against challenging uh hunter for leadership even because he's not following orders good soldiers follow orders in the past he's never had a problem with it but since order 66 programming has kicked in he's all about good soldiers follow orders um at least that part of the 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 chip is working um 
and even and here's another key point Omega before they take him away because Tarkin wants his chip chip enhanced his uh, his <clears throat> his brainwashing if you will even you can see that Crosshair's in the brig and he's kind of like hitting his head and you can tell he knows he, he's trying to fight the programming and Omega actually sits down next to him and then this is kind of key she goes I know it's not your fault I know what you're going to do I'm just asking you please don't do it so it's almost it, it, you could almost say that maybe it's because of her knowledge of the chip because she does know about the chip and how it works that could be why she says what she says and she can tell what's going on or does she have some sort of Jedi premonition right of what's what's going on either that or she's from the future and already knows what's going to happen which I, I don't think is going on I don't yeah, think that's happening um... at all but but she could she could be sensing the future if she has force enhanced abilities what do you think do you think it's just her knowledge of the chip or do you think it's do you I, think she has a little bit of force force ability here i think it's just the chip because um you know like I, she does know okay she does notice that um not notice but she does say that uh, about the chip on uh J-19. She does say yes. When we get to the next yeah. episode. That'll be episode two. So. Yeah, so I'm referencing from episode two. So. Okay. Alright, so you think it's the chip. That, that makes yeah. sense. Um, and of course, Tarkin takes him away and he gets zapped and they you see a little bar go up on the graphics so they actually increase his his, his uh, inhibitor chip. So he's they're trying to make him even more evil. Um after you know so they they break out of the the bad batch ends up breaking out with omega's help they get out of the the brig and that leads to a big showdown in the hangar where their their equipment is and and the ship is their ship is and who's there to meet them but a new crosshair in all black armament and a black visor or not black visor but a green visor green tinted green tinted so which to me looks a lot like a death trooper so is crosshair the prototype for dark troopers is he the first dark trooper does he end up leading dark troopers training dark troopers i don't know um he definitely has something to do with dark troopers though what's that he definitely has something to do with the dark troopers though. or death troopers not dark troopers we're getting confused with the uh, the yeah with the the robots the oh, yeah. death troopers correction death troopers so yeah um so yeah he he could be he could be the one that ends up training maybe he's the one that starts the whole division uh, but i don't know yeah the elite training we'll have to see see where it goes but uh, it was definitely very reminiscent of death troopers so um and then of course the other thing there's a big fight and he's you know he, he's taking him down with his sharpshooting mostly wrecker gets taken out again so this is the second time in the same episode he's shot, and that's how they take him down out of a critical fight or out of a scene. Um, that's great, but I don't want to see Wrecker just constantly become a pincushion going forward. So that's that's kind of a problem I have. Um, so writers, give me a little bit more creative on how to take him out <laughs> um, other than just having him get shot all the time. Uh, please. Um, then, of course, Omega shows off some very impressive sharp shooting skills of her own. She says she's never picked up a blaster before later. Um, again, is this another Jedi trait? Um, or is it just enhanced clone programming? 
does she have all their powers? Is she actually super strong? I think is it's. She... I think it's a bit of both. A little bit of both. Yeah. Okay. That could be interesting. So maybe she has all their skills. Hmm. Could be. Could be. Uh, what? Maybe she has all their skills. Maybe oh. she. Maybe she has super strength. Maybe she has hunter's sensing abilities. Maybe she has, you know, crosshair shooting. I was thinking that maybe it's a bit of like her being enhanced in a little bit of force. And some force sensitive powers. Yeah. Yeah, that could be too. So we'll definitely have to keep an eye as we go forward on that one uh, for sure. Um, All right. So, and then the other big thing that came out of this is Lama Sue helping keep the door, bay doors open for their escape, Um, which then leads to the next scene of her and the prime minister. And basically, the Prime Minister is just letting her know, don't say anything to the Empire about them escaping. Don't say anything about Omega being with them. We're going to hold back that information until we figure out what the Empire's true intentions are towards us. So the Prime Minister is actually playing it smart here until he understands what who what Tarkin's intentions are, what the Emperor's intentions are for them, and how they're going to go forward in, in the Empire you know, because you know he wants to make sure they're not going to be wiped out. He wants he wants to have a few aces left in the hole, so to speak. So um, I think that's why he's 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 playing it very um, calm, calm, and we're just going to be as reserved, and we're only going to give out as information that we're asked for. Essentially, we're not going to be volunteering much. Uh, which is you know when you're unsure of who you're dealing with, that's that that's kind of a it's a, it's a good political move. So maybe not with Emperor Palpatine, but politically speaking, it's a good move. <laughs> um, you know, so yeah, they're going to find out whether they're going to go get more orders for clones or not. Now, obviously, from what we've been told, that doesn't happen. And then we end up with conscripts, volunteers that become stormtroopers and not clones going forward. But we'll see what happens uh, going forward. Um and I also think it's worth pointing out here that I, again, whereas we're seeing Tarkin at the height, or at least the current height of his power, we know he rises even further in power as, as he becomes head of the Death Star and becomes a Grand Moth, um, which he's the only one ever. Like he, even in the backstory behind that, the Emperor actually creates the title for him. He gets to create his own uniform for the whole nine yards. So the Emperor's constantly feeding Tarkin's uh, ego. You know, with with this stuff, so which just because the Tarkin is the Emperor, you know, and, and when you think about Episode Four, he is the Emperor, like he's acting in place of the Emperor in in, in Episode Four. So, um, you know, in order to get Tarkin to that point, the you know, the being the the thing about Palpatine is not only is he an incredibly powerful Sith Lord, but he's also a brilliant political tactician. He knows how to manipulate people and deceive people and push people and get people what they want in order to get them to do what he wants them to do. That's exactly what he does with Tarkin the whole time. And then, so I think it's worth pointing out that right now, I think Tarkin and the Empire are very overconfident in their belief that they can do what they want because they think they're the only power left in the galaxy. And that could come back to bite him. It definitely comes back to bite him later. It could come back to bite him here, especially with the Bad Batch. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Um... And then the whole uh, premiere episode ends with Omega's eyes seeing hyperspace for the first time. You know, it's that that's that constant state of wonder and curiosity, right? That you know, kids have, and it's being magnified because it seems like 
she's never been off Camino before, so it'll be everything is new to her. Uh, so overall, for uh, this particular episode, um, I will read you what Brian gave it because uh, he he watched the premiere episode. He couldn't be with us, uh, but he did he did give his review. So his grade is I'm giving it a B minus. It felt drawn drawn out and didn't show us anything we didn't really see before. I felt the training slash testing scenes were something we'd already seen if it was a different mission. Like the uh, Kanan tie-in, but it wasn't enough. Hopefully next week we see some new vehicles and ships. As you know, Brian is very big on lightsabers and ships in Star Wars, and yeah, there wasn't a whole lot going on in that department. Um, I'm actually going to give it a B plus to an A minus. Uh, had issues with Echo and where his role's going, and I had an issue with using Wrecker getting shot twice, so I lowered it to... I'm going to go ahead with the A minus, because I would have given it an A. Otherwise, I lowered a little bit. Um, but yeah, it was... It had every. I thought it set everything up really well. Um, I thought that especially the, the opening sequence, the, again, the Clone Wars, the Rebels tie-in, the bridge with... with uh, uh, the bad batch in between being the bridge between the two kind of thing feel and that Floney was trying to get across to us setting up Omega setting up um, the bad batch on the run setting up the one character that used to be the better the bad match bad batch will now probably be hunting the bad batch um, setting up the bad guy uh, you know for the series the antagonist if you will so it's it's gonna be it had everything it needed to be in so much more. So I'm giving it an A minus. Brian gave it a B minus. Gabby, what's your grade? Well, I'd give it. Um, I'd say I'd say a B. Okay. Um, you know, I agree with both of you, you and Brian. Okay. Um, I just realized that was a very confusing sentence, but it's fine. Um. But, um, I feel like it was, it was a good episode, but for me, it was really long. Yeah. And I'm, I, I don't, I fidget a lot, so I, I don't sit still, mm. which sucked in state testing today, but you know, <laughs> um, okay. So, you know, my only problem with it is that it's, like, really long. Mm. Um, there's also, like, there's, it, like, it just jumps, like, right into it, you know? Like, there's no, like, entry, like, it just, you know? Yeah, it does jump into it, but I, I, I like that, but I understand where you're coming from. You prefer to kind of build into the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Like, I want to know, like why like I want to know like how the bad batch got how they became the, the bad batch no 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 how they how they went to the like why were they chosen instead of a different squadron to go to the, the planet well they were there to back up they you know to back everybody else up because they can do what one whole squadron can do by themselves ah oh. that makes sense still you Okay. Yeah, but it, it would still be nice if like they put that there. But you like you know. All right, all right. So let's let's keep moving. So we're gonna move on now to the Bad Batch episode two, Cut and Run, which just came out last Friday. Um, 
Right off the bat, we pick up where we left off, Omega's Curiosity. Um, we look that she's fallen asleep in the back of the ship, and then she's torn the ship completely apart. She's curious about everything. She wants to know about everything, understand everything. She is incredibly curious. Uh, she's been on Camino her whole life, and this is all brand new to her. She needs to understand what's going on and how all this is, is going to, you know, how everything works in the galaxy, you know. New kid, new eyes, new new eyes on the world, right? Kind of thing. Kind of, uh, you know, you have a new eyes for everything right now, pretty much, Gabby. You're still learning the world and how it works. And uh, you know what that's like to be curious, right? That kid's over over curious about everything, the what and the why. We went through that with you, the what and the why stage. I still, you still um, ask me a lot of questions about a lot of things. So it's learning, Well, I haven't right? been outside. I usually, in my room, with the lights off, just sitting there playing games on my phone. So, there's Google for questions now, though. <laughs> so. Okay, so you have Google. In the Star Wars world, there is no Google. Yeah, and don't worry, we will be getting out more now that hopefully the pandemic is coming to an end. So, And we do some things, Gabby. You don't sit in your room all the time. Okay, but over me. at Mother's, I do. Okay. Well, it's your mom's, maybe, but not with me. I get... I, I, I come out of my room to get food, and that's it. Okay. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, but... We'll talk about that off air, okay? Okay. Um, so... Again, she's just curious about everything. Even when they get down to the planet, she's looking, she's rubbing her eyes, she's looking at the sunlight, and then she's dirt. I mean, she comes from a water world, right? And she's never seen dirt before. She even asked, what is this? I say, well, it's it's dirt. And she's just, she's like, this is fun. This is, this is great, you know? No, so a kid that's never seen dirt or played in dirt before, or, you know, has the fresh air of a, of a new planet, right? And everything, everything she sees is just new to her, and she's just overtaken and overwhelmed by it. And that just kind of shows, you know, that the character she's going to be. She's constantly going to be, especially at her age, not seeing these things as younger. She's going to want to make up for that, right? I, I mean, put yourself in her situation. What would you be like? Would you okay. be the same way? So if I if I if I grew up on a planet that was entirely made of water, no land, inside of a building my entire life um well i would pro how i would react to dirt is the heck is this and that's exactly what she did right yeah but she didn't say this i'd be like it's dirty what is this like <laughs> you would think i do it would not be like great. it okay i don't like nature <laughs> yeah you're a glamper that's for sure um, <laughs> but again, everything's new to her. And then we switch to them finding their friend that they talked about in the last episode, which ends up being Cut, which is our clone deserter um, from the Clone Wars. He ended up uh, getting marooned on J-19 slash Salukamai, and he settled down with Sue, and they had two kids. Um, he also helped Rex in the Clone Wars. Uh, recover from his wounds and they together they fought off a, a group of rogue battle droids together um rexton actually decided not to turn him in because of all their, their their comradeship because you know he's a deserter um technically and uh we find out uh, speaking of rex we find out he was just there yesterday so the clone bad batch we just missed him so we're getting closer to him and I, he may even show up as early as next next episode maybe hopefully um 
<clears throat> and that uh, Rex told him about Order 66. And here, this brings up one question. This brings up a plot point. So Cut is a clone. Cut is a deserter. Cut has an inhibitor chip. When he heard Order 66, wouldn't that activate him? Or does it have to be Palpatine's voice that activates him? That's a, that brings up a question in the whole Order 66 thing. Well, I mean, it, like, for uh, the crosshair, it, 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 it just had to be said. Yeah. Not, you know, by specifically Palpatine's voice. So... Well, I, I, I'm thinking if they hear it from anybody else but Palpatine's voice, I think they're fine. But if they hear it come across on Palpatine's voice, then then they make the change. Um, if we go back to the last episode... And what happened to Crosshair? I think Crosshair heard it on a, the comm channel, and that's when he made the switch. I, I'm thinking. Maybe somebody um, he, maybe he changed by hearing it by somebody else saying it. But if that is the case, and it's, it's any time they hear Order 66, period... You would think that would kick in their programming. I don't know. It might be a. It could be a plot hole that they overlooked, or there could be an explanation for it coming down the road. Um, then this is also where Hunter learns about the chip itself. There's an actual chip. He just thought it was like overall brainwashing or something. And this also, then Tech goes, "Well, how did you think it it worked?" So this shows you Tech's mentality. Tech does a lot of assumption. He has a lot of knowledge, but he assumes that everybody thinks like he does. And that they just make, you know, that they they realize that, 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 well, duh, of course that's how it works. It has to work that way. You know what I mean? So you have a lot of, uh, a lot of that going on. So you have to just wonder, um, you know, about, uh, about this whole order or this, this whole, whole chip thing. And he's, he's been wondering, he's been thinking it's just brainwash, but no, it's an actual chip. So it, it, it this also leads into tech how much more is tech assuming that people know about maybe he actually knows more about omega and her abilities and where she comes from and he's not letting everybody else know because he's assuming everybody's thinking like him so this is yeah. another point that shows that there might be a little bit more about omega going on here guys than we than we think yeah i think he does know because he's been studying her for the over three days i would say we're probably up to two or three days now yeah yeah so I think I think he know like he he is he you know like I think he would just again he thinks everybody just knows it yeah <laughs> um, Omega I'm uh, speaking of Omega she learns how to play catch for the first time and she's never really had fun before um, which is you know that's just but another that's layer just kind of sad very sad right can you imagine not learning how to play till you're nine or eleven <laughs> how that works. She's kind of had, and really, when you think about it, when you see her in Camino, she kind of makes up her own fun, right? You know, sneaking into the Bad Batch headquarters or, or barracks and stuff like that. You know, yeah. She's kind of making up her own fun um, and her own curiosity. Um, so yeah, just kind of sad to see. You're right, it's sad. Um, and then Cut brings up a good point about Omega. He goes, he goes to um, Hunter and goes, you know, the the Kaminoans, they don't create a clone without a purpose for that clone so what's the deal with her what's her purpose of course hunter has no idea and hunter fires back i don't really care she's just a kid at this point so again they're leaving you clues that there's more to her than meets the eye you know that and that she's been 
secluded and that she has been kept back from being a normal child for a reason you know that there's there's more to her there's a greater purpose for her than there that then we just don't know it yet these are all clues that they're they're hunting they're coming down to something so mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see what where that where that goes i think um next so something to keep in the back of our minds again as we're, we're going forward um you know with uh, the whole omega mystery um and then uh cut also reveals that they're going to leave seleucami slash j19 with the because of all the clones coming into the planet um he could be discovered as a deserter and you know he's he's actually offered a ride by hunter and he goes no i i need to uh, you guys are wanted men. If I go with you, I'm t- it's too big of a risk. I can't do it because of the kids. I'm doing it for the children. And this is kind of the theme of what the underlying theme of this show is. It's for the kids, right? What's best for the kids, right? We're kid in this in this case. We'll get to that. Um, and then we find out once they get to town that there is something that the Empire is now doing. They've introduced the chain code, um, which is. That should set off all kinds of alarm bells and whistles if you've been watching uh, Mandalorian. Um, the whole how they track people is with the chain with their trackers as a chain code. We're wondering where it came from. How long has it been around? Well, of course it came from the Empire. Of course it did. Why? Because the Empire can use it to track people, keep tra- track and trace on everybody, and create this huge database on people in order to keep their tight control on people, and, and be you know keep control on the the galaxy with it that's going to be their weapon against the common citizen to know who they are where they are and where they're going at all times right totalitarianism on a galactic scale because of the chain code and they even go for peace and prosperity and if you when you get your chain code you'll be able to get imperial credits for free for, out of the prosperity and the kindness of the empire of course they want them on their credit system they want them to use their monetary system because they want them to be dependent on them for their currency and not the old republic you know credits right so a whole new monetary system being put in place again command and control right so you know it, this is this is uh again this is what i love about Dave, where he's revealing more about the small details they didn't explain in, in mandalorian they're being explained here in Bad Batch. You find out, okay, where's this chain code come from? Ah, here's where it comes from. Here's its, here's its beginning right here. This is how the Empire is going to try to keep control of the galaxy. So is with the chain code. Um, and they also say you can't do any transactions. Like they were trying to buy, I think, food. And they said, now you need a chain code for that too, I think. So again, it's there's a... Um, dark control, right? Like really deep dark. This is This is... This is trying to present something that's very evil in a very good way, right? It's a, definitely a wolf in sheep's clothing kind of thing. Um, and they're, uh, uh, so, but yeah. So, you know, and even tech says it's brilliant. They can build a database with this. They can track people with this. They explain all of it, right? And we see see all this, this uh, all this go down. What do you think about the whole chain coats? We finally get the origin of the chain code, and we see just how devious the empire is. And you can see them like a snake slithering it into society. And I mean, they're they're reinforcing it with clone troopers to make sure that they've locked down the ports, the ships. The ships get a code. The people get their own chain code. You know, what do you think? I I could definitely like I I already saw this coming, honestly. Yeah, speaking to Mike a little bit. I uh, I kind of already saw this coming, honestly. Okay. 
because it, it's the empire. What what do you expect? Yeah, that's a good point. You know, but again, we actually see a little bit of it. Uh, then we switch back to the farm farmhouse, and uh, we see that uh, Omega is going to get into a little bit of trouble here. So she's still playing ball, and uh, she kicks the ball. The ball goes past the fence, and the kids are like, oh, we'll get it later." And next thing you know, she's off over the fence, and what comes at her but that mouse-looking tiger uh, called a Nexu, which we last saw in Episode 2 on Geonosis, the big arena battle. It was one of the monsters that came out. It was a tiger-looking thing with, like, a mouse tail, and it's the one that put a big three-claw scratch on the back of Padme. It's that same same creature. So another little tie-in from, uh, from uh, uh, Filoni there, which, again, I love. And um, it's a good scene, you know. This is, you know, Hunter fights it off with his knife a little bit, and then they she's shooting it from the top and scares it off. And it's that whole thing when you're a kid, when you really screw up, and you're just afraid, and she's frightened, and she's scared, and she doesn't know what to do, and Hunter's just yelling at her, and Cut has to cut it and go. She's she's a kid. You she's not a she's not a soldier. You can't treat her like a soldier. But this is all Hunter knows how to do, right? He doesn't know how to be a parent. He only knows how to be a soldier. Um, but Cut, having raised two kids so far, he knows. You got to call him. You got to tell him it's going to be okay. Are you hurt? That's all that's important is you're not hurt, which is the important thing, right? And he, he hugs her, and she just busts out crying. And, and that's you know that's what kids do when they get in when they, they get in a life and death situation, and they know they really screwed up. That's what happens. But as a parent, that's what you're there for. You're there to hold your kid. You're there to tell you it's okay. Everything's going to be all right. You know better now. You know blah blah blah. Don't do it again. But you know that's you're there to coddle them, to nurture them, and to make sure that they don't do it again. Right. So you know it's that real big parenting scene, and it's another light bulb goes off in Hunter's, you know, that he's a parent now, you know, that, that, and that maybe he's not the best thing for Omega going forward, you know, and then it's kind of that underlying theme of the whole episode It's the whole, I'm not really cut out for this. You seem, you guys, you, you know, cut and Sue, you seem to be much better at it. I want you to go, I want her to go with you. And he tells her as much. Um, of course, it all comes down to the big scene at the end. And, you know, there's a little bit of back and forth. They get the chain codes. They hack their way in. Um, they're able to get them their little chain code cards. And, of course, she decides not to go with with Sue or with uh, Cut and ends up going back with them. Um, and, and it's, you know, this, this whole that, that whole scene takes place, which is it's cool. And there's a lot going on there. But the, uh, the one thing I wanted to take out of that whole fight scene at the end, though, is and them trying to have, have to blast their way off the planet as a result in their own ship is the one thing I, I, I noticed is Echo's hacking abilities. Um, so the last time we saw Echo hack anything with his, his R2-D2 arm, as I like to call it, because he's got the little plug-in device on his arm, right? For an arm. He was hacking his way all through the Separatist computer systems. He could hack into anything. He could cross this with that, and he could do whatever he wanted. Um, now he has this, uh, um, now he's, he's not able to do that. I mean, he couldn't even get the simple magnetic boot off of the, the ship. He was, he's like, I can't, you know, even text like, if you can take much longer, you're going to get caught. And he does because he can't hack it. So I wonder if this is a minor plot point we're going to see go forward. Is this where maybe Echo's hacking techniques are great for separatists, old separatist ships, but when it comes to the Empire, he's going to have to learn to become an R2-D2 and learn how to hack. Because he's supposed to be the hacker, even when you see it on, um, 
I borrowed, borrowed it for my intro off of one of the trailers. He's the hacker, but he's not hacking right now. He's he's, he's not able to hack. So this could be a uh, something to follow as we go forward to see how Echo kind of finds his place. Because so, right now he seems like the the guy out of place in the whole the whole group. He's he's the other everybody else knows their role, but he's still trying to learn his role. I think in the group. So it'll be interesting to see how that works going forward and uh, see how Echo adapts maybe as we go forward. And then of course we get to the Omega and Hunter scene. They both have a lot to learn. They're stuck with each other. Uh, Omega has a lot to learn about life and Hunter has a lot to learn about being a father slash parent. Um, you know, and that's pretty much where the episode ends. I, um, I don't know, Gabby, what'd you think about the ending? What'd you think about the last battle scene, the ending and um, how well, it worked out? I think personally it was I feel like it was I don't really know how to explain it because like I don't want to say it was just another fight scene because it probably was but then again it was the specific fight scene it was the big fight scene for the end of the show yeah yeah the, that and the episode so mm -hmm. All right, what do you what would you give grade wise? I'll let you go first on this one. B minus. B minus. Okay. Um. So there there was. I the biggest thing for me was that it went from one hour to half hour. Thirty. Yeah. Now watch carefully. You're gonna contradict yourself because you were just like, oh, the other one was too long. <laughs> exactly. And this one was too like, short. Okay. So yeah, okay. like you can't go from one hour. To 30 minutes you see the 40 the 40 to 45 minute mark or the like thir mm -hmm. 35 to 45 minute mark that mm -hmm. you know I think it's whatever can tell yeah. the story myself being on, on an online platform where you don't have to fit the 30 minute category every time or the 22 with commercials and stuff but I would but I think it's however long you should do I'm, story, I'm, I'm okay so my problem is is that I was expecting like a, a longer like to ease into the 30 months not to go straight to the 30 oh, months okay alright so you wanted more of a transition okay. yeah okay. so it would go a little bit more smoothly okay um and then it just felt like there was a lot in that episode so like it just felt there was a lot going on Okay. in the episode and it was just too compact for me because mm -hmm. I take like it sometimes when people ask me a question it takes me like a couple of seconds to process it and I'm like okay and then I'm like sorry for the short response because my brain was processing <laughs> okay so it, you know I mean, it, it took me a while to like process everything so okay so you're I, sticking with the B minus then yeah okay i'm gonna go b plus um i thought you know it wasn't it wasn't hugely action-packed necessarily i think it give i think this is the moment where we kind of catch our breath from everything that happened in the first episode and there we're already seeing the challenges right that uh that they're gonna have to face they're gonna have to learn to be, go from being soldiers to parents to civilians and trying to do that whole transition and all the the trouble that's uh, that's going to go with having a, a, an incredibly curious that's 
kid that's been boxed in her whole life now is suddenly out in the wild wild open free with these guys while they're trying to be freedom fighters um or at least soldiers of fortune right so it's it's going to be an interesting interesting to see all this evolve you know from her helping them fight necessarily into her actually learning her worldly lessons uh, to them again trying to go from being a, a troop all the time to becoming civilians and to taking on you know f soldiers of fortune you know as a way of making money and 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 instead of just having a mission and having to get fuel for the ship i'm sure it will come up at some point because they've never had to deal with that buying food i'm sure it might even come up as, at some point because they've never had to do that it's always been there they're soldiers they go you know, get their supplies and that's that right yeah. so I, I think this is this is the beginning of that and we're going to see all that kind of play out throughout the rest of the episodes and i also think the action is going to be come up i think uh uh what's mccall is definitely going to catch up with them um crosshair is going to catch up with them especially since they blasted their way out of salukamai um I, you know and the the empire is going to be on their heels uh so it's going to be I think that action is going to pick up. I think all these other storylines, these plot lines, the mystery of Omega is going to continue to evolve. You know, this plot line with Echo, I think they've, they've kind of started in the first two places. His, him finding his place on the team and in, in the structure and everything and his hacking abilities, I think that's going to play out. So I, I think it's a good it's a good B+. It's a, a really good episode to follow the premiere episode. It's that, okay, there's not a ton of action, but there's enough to see that they're this is their first taste of life outside of Republic life out of being elite commandos, you know? So I will definitely give it a B plus. Um, uh, again, Brian didn't give us any, did not get a chance to write anything for this one. So, um, but those are your grades. So B minus B plus so overall good episode. So I think we can, we can give it a solid B between the two of us. Um, so, all right, and that brings us to the end of the uh, um, the end of our episode, the end of episode one and episode two reviews. Uh, before we go, real quick, uh, where can you find four Midwest guys? Um, the best place, guys, and I got to be honest with you, it really is the best place. This is or over here is uh, to the side here. This is the fourmidwestguys.com site. Up here, you can see there's individual links that's going on here and then if you uh to each individual show i gotta do a little bit of work i gotta add this show and i've got to add a couple other like watchers of the mcu i need to add up top but i will get on that and do that i gotta update our website to do some updating but you can also see that if you scroll down as we release our episodes they are there in chronological order of what they were released in so all these things uh, order which were they released. So it's all there. For MidwestGuys.com is your best bet. But we are on Facebook. We are on Twitter. Uh, again, it's, you know, Facebook.com slash uh, For Midwest Guys. It's at For Midwest Guys. Um, there's, we're on Instagram. It's For underscore Midwest underscore Guys there. It's a little different. Um, so it, we're audio wise, we're on every podcast. So I'm trying to do every time we do a video podcast, I make sure that there's the audio version available as well, which you can find on the direct link right here on the main page underneath. It'll say audio only. You can click there and just get that. If you just want to listen to that one episode, you can subscribe to our podcast. There's links to the actual feeds and stuff that you can get to right here. The RSS feeds here, Android, all this stuff. We're actually listed. Our Podbean is our main uh, audio source. Uh, we're listed there as well. 
Uh, you can look us up there. Really, you can you can Google us too for MidwestGuys.com. There's good old fashioned uh, email for MidwestGuys at gmail.com. And then the new thing that we got going for the last couple of years now is the uh, the fan voicemail line, which is eight five nine three six three five nine five two. If you call that number, uh, you'll get a nice brief voicemail message from me. Just leave your name, your no- name, where you're from, and uh, what show you're talking about. If we really like your your question or comment, you'll find yourself on, we'll play it on the air for sure. So uh, make sure that you, you reach out to us though. And there's lots of ways to do it. Uh, we have lots of different podcasts. You can see we do MCU as well as uh, Star Wars as uh, well as other podcasts. So please follow, like, and subscribe, and always check back at for midwestguys.com to see if, uh, if you're just looking for something new too. I recommend Spotify. Yeah, we're on Spotify. We're on iHeartRadio. Um, so, you know, look us up and leave us a good review. Just leave us a review, but just make it good. All right. And that helps us out and, uh, helps get the word out for our podcast. So please make sure you do that and, uh, make sure that you follow, like, and subscribe. All right. Well, Gabby, thanks for joining us on this premiere episode of the Bad Batch Report. And I've been your host, B. Willie, saying, as always, may the force be with you. Bye.